3: Your main event, introducing the hosts of Wrestling With Freddie, Jeff Die and Freddie
0: Prince
2: Jr. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling With Freddie, a.k.a. Wrestling With Friends, with
0: my most amazing co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Die. How are you, good sir? Oh, I'm feeling good. Fresh back in action with Freddie Prince Jr., from a week of Vegas. So if I sound different this week, it's because my friends hate me. They tried to kill me.
2: <laughs> Party time. <laughs> that just means you did Vegas the right way. I hear the Vegas in your voice. Oh, yeah. I hear I hear the whiskey working its way out of your
0: system. Congratulations. I wish I could have partied with you, sir. Me too, buddy. We missed you. Um, I got to see your friend uh, Josh Wolf, though, and I got to see a lot of your friends, so it was good. We talked a lot of Freddy talk this week.
2: I saw you guys on the airplane together. For those of you who don't know, uh, our dear friend Josh Wolf, stand-up comedian, I used to have a podcast with him back in the day called Friends and the Wolf. Jeff was stuck in Las Vegas, so we're actually shooting this episode on Tuesday. You guys are hearing it today on Wednesday, and our awesome producer Alex is going to cut this whole thing together in about 38 seconds to make it all work uh, for you guys. So we'll even talk a little bit about last night's Monday Night Raw, which was uh, one of the worst three hours of television that I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) 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 Something weird happened to me last week that every once in a while, like once a decade really pisses me off. And I just want to talk about it because it's something that's always been important to me. In the 70s, my dad, for those of you who don't know, was Freddie Prinz. He was on a show called Chico and the Man. And he was half Puerto Rican, half German. And when he booked that show, uh, people actually protested outside NBC studios because they didn't like Puerto Rican, let alone what a lot of people called a half breed, uh, portraying a Latino on television, which was beyond offensive. And it was the 70s, and y'all do your thing. But my father opened a lot of doors and inspired a lot of Latinos to get into the entertainment industry and see somebody that looked like them and spoke like them be successful in what is a very, very white business. Jeff, you're incredibly amazing for being patient with me through all this. So thank you. No, this is good. Fill them in. Every once in a while, I've been hit with that kind of hate as well, because I'm only, as my cousins would call me, a Puerto Rican. Now they say it with love, but every once in a while, there's some people in this industry, and it's not from the public. The public gives me a lot of love. I appreciate you guys. Oddly enough, it's people in my own industry, the entertainment industry, that feel they're better suited to, uh, to represent the Latino community and really resent when I book certain roles. I have a movie coming out at the end of this month called Christmas with You, which is an all Latino cast and crew, director, producer, act. I mean, everybody, our cam operator. I mean, we, we went deep on this and I've always been so grateful and respectful and appreciative. Anytime I've gotten a real opportunity like that, Because it doesn't happen often. This person knows this. I'm not going to bury them because I want them to have opportunities to work. But there was a director in this business who didn't feel I deserved that role. And uh, I found out about it on an email that was forwarded to me. And I just want to let anybody out there who is listening that is in this industry, just know I have two ass cheeks you can kiss. I don't care which one it is. But I have always treated my culture and my heritage with the utmost respect. I have always made a very, very direct effort to not only portray positive Latinos in this business, but to show that Latinos don't just have to play Latino roles. You can play any kind of role you want. I love what I do. I love inspiring young people. I don't care if you're Puerto Rican, Mexican, Dominicano, I don't care if you're from Panama, Guatemala, South America. I don't care if you're from Spain and have blonde hair and blue eyes. I have always tried to be be a positive influence in this community. I will continue to. I spoke with this cat last night. (laughs) I don't think he's going to say anything else. And again, I don't want to bury him because he's going to direct movies and hopefully give Latinos the same types of opportunities that I have for 20 plus years in, uh, in this industry. But he ain't done shit compared to me. So you know who you are, brother? Uh, hopefully you have a bit more respect and always be careful who you email and what, because sometimes they're going to forward it to the person you're talking shit about. That said, all my Latino fans out there, I respect you. I got love for you. I appreciate you guys letting me know when I inspire you. I appreciate you guys letting me know when when you want to follow in in the footsteps of people that, that you relate to and connect with, whether it's me or or anybody. So I just wanted to start the show with that because I know we got a big Latino community on here, and I got nothing but love for you guys. I hope you go see my movie at the end of this month. It's on Netflix. You don't even have to go to the theaters. And there's some work in here that I'm more proud of than any work I've ever done in my 25 years plus now in this in this business. So I love you guys. Even that douchebag that talks some smack, um, I got love for you too, even though you got no love um, for me. And now we're gonna start the show with some awesome wrestling.
0: Jeff, love you too, bro. So thank you. I love you, buddy. Speaking of Latino, Dominique Mysterio, don't ever call yourself Eddie Guerrero of this generation. That is, that's some Latino on Latino crime and I don't like it.
2: (laughs) That's right. Neither did AJ Styles. Yeah, I don't like it. So we're going to jump right into it. We can talk about both monday night raws yeah last night's Mo- or this halloween's monday night raw was uh not good it was a strange episode i'm hoping it was just because everybody's getting ready to go to saudi arabia right and uh didn't have time to do the show but outside of seth rollins and austin theory which was friggin' awesome and they, let, they should have just let them wrestle for a 60-minute, like, Iron Man match or something if they were just going to phone in the rest of the show like that. But outside of that, this was the worst Monday Night Raw that I've seen since Vince McMahon stepped down as, as the chairman of the board. Everything felt phoned in. And we were trying to give love to Mustafa Ali. I w- yeah, I would put him over big last week. And then the next week, they put him in a backstage segment with The Miz where they had him check the Miz's testicles twice and comment on them twice Mm -hmm. and wrote the worst backstage segment that I've seen in I don't know how many months, made him look like crap, made Miz sell a jaw in order for Mustafa Ali to get the win and made Miz get attacked by Dexter Loomis again in order for Mustafa Ali to get the win. Hey, I don't know how the dude says, yeah, okay, I'll do this segment. I just don't, I don't get it. And I don't want to focus too much time on the bad stuff because I don't like doing that. But man, I was really wanting to like this guy. And then that segment came out on Halloween and I was just like, maybe it's because it's the Halloween show and they're putting pumpkins on Otis's head and yeah. all this other dumb crap. You want to do that in the first hour when kids are still awake right on. But in like the second and third hour when you can do more adult stuff, it just kept getting goofier
0: and goofier. It was not good, and that's all I have to say about Monday Night Raw. What about you, brother? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was uh, confusing. It felt like, I I think you nailed it by saying it's because they're going to Saudi Arabia next week. That gives them, but it, it felt like they were mailing it in.
2: I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prinz Jr., and on my podcast Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for...
2: So I don't want to spend too much time on Monday Night Raw because, again, I don't like talking about the bad stuff. Right. I like talking about the good stuff. So if you don't mind, I would like to start with AEW Dynamite. Let's do it. Is that Let's cool with you, it. sir? Absolutely. Okay. I always want to start with who I think is the best pure, I don't even know if you can call him a heel or a babyface now, just the best pro wrestler in the business which is MJF but I watched FTR and Swerve in our glory and I'm not the biggest tag team dude but this was a fun match man like I loved the way everyone bounced off Keith Lee I loved the work in this I miss Swerve in WWE Mm -hmm. I wish he was with Hit Row I think Hit Row would be killing it if he was still there Swerve is no joke he is awesome on the mic. He is awesome in the ring. I was not familiar with his career before he went to NXT, WWE, and now AEW. I'm all in on this guy, man. I think Swerve is awesome. He's quickly becoming one of my favorites in that whole division. If they break him and Keith Lee up, I would watch him have a solo career every single week whether he was a heel or a baby face. I just love this dude. Did you see this match? I, I,
0: I liked it. I didn't think anything big or, or bad about it. I, I feel like you're, you're putting it over pretty big. I, I, I thought it was, you know, it was fine. It was good. We'll move on.
2: Didn't impact you. We're going to get to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And Renee Paquette got to interview him. <laughs> and I loved her attitude. First of all, I love her Napa cat. I think she's great. She hosted some, uh, she was a panelist before she went to AEW on the WWE Rival Show that'll be like the last episodes that come out after the holidays. MJF talks so much trash about her husband, and you just see the look of disgust on her face that she even has to be there. Instead of being the professional journalist, she allows some actual personality to come out. So this dude walks out on stage takes the mic from her at one point. And this is kind of what I want to focus on today. And I, I want your opinion on it. I don't think baby faces and heels are necessary anymore. I just don't. I don't think unless you're, unless you're unable to communicate a character and you have to be assigned, Hey, you are a bad guy. You are a good guy. I don't think the people care anymore in the modern kind of, hyper cynical world where everybody's an insider. Everybody thinks they know everything. Everybody wants to spoil everything. Like this guy is neither heel nor face. And every like dirt sheet or, or other podcast out there keeps talking about, you can't turn him babyface. You can't turn. He's been a baby face the last two years. Like, and, and if you don't like him, then he's been a heel and you're both right. Like He's literally gone beyond you being able to categorize him in any way, shape, or form every single week that he goes out there, and it doesn't matter. If he wants you to boo and you're cheering, he will flip it up on you in a New York minute and absolutely cut your throat and make you feel like crap about yourself, and if he wants you to feel sorry for him and have empathy for him, he will own you in two seconds and tell you a real life story about how, you know, he made the high school football team and they started throwing quarters at him and saying, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up. And you're literally like, holy shit, like this, this guy's breaking my heart, man. And then two seconds later, he'll kick you right in the balls for feeling sorry for him. And I don't think, you know, outside of like the Kevin Owens and guys like that, nobody Nobody can touch him. And I just, I know I blow smoke at this guy all the time, but I think he's completely obliterated the heel babyface thing. And I don't think that term should apply to him anymore. He's just something different. He's something completely different and unique. I hate the term unicorn because he's so much cooler than a unicorn, man.
0: I agree with you 1000%. And I've actually said it for a long time. I think that as wrestling fans, we love our little wrestling jargon. We We love... We love that we know what a heel and a babyface is and other people might not. Or we love saying it's a work or putting someone over or pop. I think that there isn't really a heel or babyface storylines anymore, really, at all. I agree with you 1,000%. Guys will be jerks and we love them. And you know what I blame for it, Freddie? Who? I blame the industry. Not you, buddy. I blame the industry. (laughs) I blame comic books. Stop making these villains so cool. I want to root for Darth Vader. I shouldn't want to root for Darth Vader. I don't like the, the, these these stories and the things. They make the bad guys so awesome or so funny. If we were really being, um, you know, if we were if we were being good to the world, we'd make bad guys not likable and we'd make the hero likable. Instead, they make the, they, like Luke Skywalker seems like a little nerd. And then Darth Vader comes in. He's all big black robot with the red light. You go, ah, oh, I'm rooting for that guy. And your parents are like, no, no, no. That's the bad guy. But I think wrestling does it all the time. Heels are so fun. Now you have this young generation of wrestlers that have come up
2: only seeing these hybrid characters. Exactly. Seeing every character is Han Solo in the movie now. Now Han Solo is no longer the supporting character. Han Solo is the lead of the movie. Right. Of every every movie now. Whether his name's Mike, John, Lisa, Brianna, or Han Solo. So there is no more... Line, And I think we're seeing that first generation of, or at least a generation that are capable enough to execute at that level, sort of saying, I don't, I don't care about any of these standards anymore. I'm doing my thing. And yep. if you love me, cool. And if you don't cool, and maybe a lot of that is social media too, because they just have to deal with so much more criticism all the time. 24 hours a day that they've just
0: developed these calluses that I don't think are ever gonna go away. Well, I think wrestling fans, you know, it's very inside baseball with wrestling fans. Like I saw a video of like Jericho going, MGF is eventually gonna be like Stone Cold or the Rock, where he's not a healer babyface. And I was even listening to that thinking, like, no, but they're not, almost everybody isn't a healer babyface. If you feel know, like like to wrestling fans, the wrestling fans might think they're they are, but like that's all inside baseball stuff.
2: I liked matches on AEW this week. I, I watched Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara wrestle, and Brian Danielson did what he needed to do based on what's happened to his character. I feel like most fans would agree with this that Brian Danielson has been underserviced as far as character development and story goes. I feel like he has been underserviced in his matches i feel like he's lost more matches than he's needed to lose i feel like his motivation for wrestling hasn't been written as well as it could be written and he's had a couple backstage moments now where he's sort of arguing with the blackpool combat club which is made up of him wheeler Yuta, uh moxley the werewolf and my favorite mr william regal They've taken that story, and I don't think this was intentional. I think it was like, hey, we've underserviced him. Let's use it. And now it's become a part of his backstage interviews where there is a little bit of people questioning his his motivation and, and not his toughness, so to speak, but just his reasoning and rationale. And this son of a bitch has had enough. He got in a match with Sammy Guevara and beat Sammy's ass. And Danielson wins and isn't having it. And him and Wheeler are fighting backstage, and it and I like that kind of conflict. I don't think it's gonna break that group up, but that group needs to fight within itself. It needs to have that kind of conflict because all three dudes are super tough guys, man. Like Yuta's been looking good since they put him in there with with MJF. He had that Philly thing where he's like, "Yo, you're in Philadelphia. We'll kick your ass after the show too." And then jumped on MJF and knocked him over a couch, even though he lost the match. They've been making you to look good and violent. Did you like this match? Do you like what they're what they're doing with this, or is this another cruise control?
0: Uh, I, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I, I feel like uh, these aren't the big giants that I like, but I, I like I like what they're doing with it. Fair enough. Am I am I falling in love with Jamie Hader? I mean, who isn't?
2: I think I am, dude. I really think I am. This girl, she's an English wrestler. She's, she's built thick. Mm-hmm. She's pretty. She wrestles tough. Her moves look hard. Her clotheslines look super mean and, and, and rough. And she wrestled this, this Japanese girl they call Riho, who I'm not that familiar with. This girl is small. She's a high flyer. The only way she can really do damage is by taking big risks, kind of like the old school Jeff Hardy philosophy. Like, I can't knock you out, but if I jump off the top top turnbuckle and do 10 flips, I'll have enough momentum to jack you up. But I'm starting to love this girl. We have not mentioned Jade Cargill since you and I probably did our first episode because mm-hmm. they have no storyline for her whatsoever. It's just kill this girl, kill that girl, kill this girl. The storyline they're doing now with the stolen belt, I don't care about. I love Jade, but they're not—they're not taking care of her storyline-wise. I think Jamie Hader needs to be the one that actually can challenge Jade Cargill, but establish Jamie and make her be the first one to give Jade her first loss in in AEW. I'm legit starting to fall for this girl. Her promos are—they're not bad. She's not, you know, the best on the mic, but she's communicating an effective message. When she gets pissed at her friends like she did Britt Baker, I'm buying it. I'm not going to say I'm all in on Jamie Hader yet because I don't know if the company is. But I am falling in love with this girl, and I think she's doing great stuff. And I
0: really hope she's on the way to winning a championship, man. What about you? Here's the thing. Either do something with Jade Cargill or or don't. I feel like everything they're doing with her, is. I feel like they're just wasting her away. Cause she's awesome. She's she's got a great look. She's great at wrestling. She's you know she's five ten, but like she seems like a seven footer in there with all these other girls. I love Jade Cargill, but if you're not gonna, she looks so superior to everyone in the it's division. Awesome, and that's why they should use her. They should make her like like really kill it with the storylines with her. And I feel like everything falls flat. And I don't know if that's writing or if that's her her not being able to pull off what they're writing for her. I don't know what it is, but either use Jade or, or, um, you know, or bring in some young blood like Jamie Hader. Another Jade Cargill thing. I love how mad
2: wrestling fans get at this girl. Listen, on social media, Jade Cargill is living her gimmick. And she got in this like beef with Bow Wow, right? Because I guess Bow Wow thinks she's hot and had a crush on her. The the, the rapper, producer, producer, I don't, I, I haven't bought his music. In a world where every wrestler breaks gimmick on social media and is like, thank you so much for liking my match. This girl is living her, I'm that bitch. I don't care what you say. I'm better than everyone. Look at me and look at you. I'm hotter than you. I'm in better shape than you. That's good. Yeah. You should, you should applaud wrestlers that are willing to live their gimmick. My final tweet, I, I quit Twitter, by the way. I, I blew it up. Um, My final tweet was applaud wrestlers that are willing to live their gimmick. There's only like three of them left in the in the world. Yeah. Celebrate that, you guys. Don't get in your feelings when your expectation as a fan is not met by a wrestler
0: doing their job. Could you imagine if 10-year-old Freddie Prince Jr. and 10-year-old Jeff Dye decided to pop out their, you know, time machine cell phones and we saw Ted DiBiase tweeting about <laughs> about his chai tea and he's going oh i just found a great chai tea on my drive to connecticut i'd be like what the million dollar man is 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 posting photos of him and his girlfriend like i would be furious like handing out soup at a local soup kitchen like what you're the million dollar man dude <laughs> yeah
2: i i would it's so it's so silly i'm interested in original thought. And I know we live in a world now where we celebrate copying, right? Like that's what TikTok is. You're taking dialogue from other movies and lip syncing over the the work of very creative people, very effective artists, or you're lip syncing to music and lyrics that were written by talented musicians and writers and things like that. And we celebrate and reward that but when we reward, this is like everyone gets a trophy, right? When we reward mediocrity, when everyone wants to be famous, then no one's famous. Right. It's just all mediocre. And I'm not, you got to remember, guys, I'm 46. We crucified Milli Vanilli. We crucified them. We literally ran them out of the music business for not being original and lip syncing other talented singers' voices. We ran them out of the business, ridiculed them, made fun of them, humiliated them. I think one of them might have killed himself. Like, I don't even remember. Like, it was rough. Now, you get a movie if you do it. You know what I mean? Like, you'll book a movie. You'll get to be a a host on a show. Like, you will legit win a prize for just copying. So, that's never something that I'm ever going to be able to to get behind just because I'm an old fuddy-duddy, man. i just from a different generation. I encourage my kids all the time, like, be original. If my son is like, oh, these YouTubers are super funny, I'm like, jackass did it first. Like, I let him know what time it is, man. Like, It's not it's not original, buddy. Like These guys did it way better. And look at their personalities, and look at how different everyone is. And it's not just everybody going, ah, and screaming and, and yelling. Like, they were trying new stuff. I'm not saying those guys were the most talented artists ever, but that's what a lot of YouTube is these days. 100%. We're going to get to Friday Night SmackDown. I don't think I've ever had anything critical To say about a Bray Wyatt storyline, even if I didn't click with it, because even when they did stuff that was way out of the box, the level of commitment was at such a high level that I respected it for that. Like the cinematic match he did a couple years ago in the pandemic with John Cena, that was not my kind of match. However, the level of commitment was at such a level that I respected the effort, right? It's not easy to pull that off in the times they were in with that kind of character um, to get John Cena to agree to do that and kind of crap on himself and some of that stuff at the same time. Like, there were a lot of challenges in there. However, they have introduced a new character named Uncle Howdy, and I did not like anything about this, Jeff. I don't get it. I thought the production didn't look that high quality. The sound was bad. Can't understand the guy behind the man. And we all know it's Taylor or or Bo Dallas. I mean, it, you can kind of tell. And maybe I'm wrong, but it looks like Bo Dallas to me. Uh, pretty sure he even had the same crucifix earring in his ear. In one of the, when he turned his head a little bit, <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know how they're gonna save it. I don't know how they're gonna make me like it. Maybe it's not meant for me. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm not in the key demographic anymore. Maybe, maybe other people do, but I did not get this moment. I like what Bray's doing. There's another example of not face or heel. People are getting mad at Bray's and he's not getting any heat. I don't think he's a heel. I don't think he's a baby face. I think he is Bray Wyatt and he is something unique to the wrestling universe. And he should be allowed to cut any kind of promo he wants. And he should be able to wrestle anybody he wants and let the crowd decide who they want to cheer for more. But this was very weird to me. I, I'm telling you, I did not enjoy a single moment of Uncle Howdy. I I love the Bray part of it. The Bray half is great. It's not wearing me out. I know some people are like, oh, he's crying too much. I don't think so at all. I think he's really feeding off the crowd. And I think he's trying to give the crowd back that same energy to kind of have this new chapter in his career. But This Uncle Howdy thing came off super corny to me,
0: Jeff. Tell me I'm wrong. I actually will tell you you're wrong. I like it. I do think this. So here's the thing. It's playing on a lot of things I like. Because, you know, the uh, who is it is very fun. I, I do agree with you. I think it's Bo Dallas. And I think this is him trying to like. You know, bring his brother into the industry at the at the level that he's at. Like he's doing like a nice thing for his brother. You know, kind of cr- trying to create this Undertaker to Kane is Bray Wyatt to Bo kind of thing. Like bring bring in the fam kind of thing. Um, I didn't even think about that. But then they also like, I'm a I, do. You, is it the face that's bothering you of of Uncle Howdy? Is that what it is? Is it the mask? All of it. the The mask doesn't look. You're a big, you're a big mask guy. People can't see this podcast. (laughs) People can't see the podcast, but even behind you, you have a lot of masks back there. Calling me out. Yeah. You love masks. (laughs) You know, the paparazzis caught you wearing masks in public when during COVID. (laughs) You're a big mask guy.
2: (laughs) You're such
0: a jerk. So it is a, it's a weird looking mask. This guy's wearing uncle. Howdy's wearing a weird mask. Um, would it change it for you if he looked better? Because it is a weird look. I mean, it makes it look like kind of y- yes. campy. It, the production
2: of it does not look like high quality to me. It looks like a very cheap, cheaply made, thrown on. It doesn't look like flesh, if that's what they're trying to do. Like a, like a leather face kind of Buffalo Bill vibe. It doesn't give me those. It looks like a cheap 80s WWE crappy mask.
0: Yeah. That he can't talk in. He can't talk in it. Yeah. yeah. He, and and you can't see Nothing moves. Like we're just looking at this weird mask and then it sounds like a voiceover almost. You can't see his mouth or anything. But, and you can tell it's impeding his speech like because it's it doesn't
2: fit his face right. Like so it's affecting his ability to communicate an effective message to me. I didn't think about the inside part of it, which you said, which was kind of like the the taker to cane, Bray to, to bow type thing. And and we both agree it's Bo Dallas, even if we're wrong. I think we're both on the same page there. And
0: it would make so sense I'll give it too, that because he could be kind of like this alter Bray. But it's like we maybe people don't know that Bray Wyatt, the everyday fan, maybe doesn't know. I guess they would know. Bo I Dallas. Just, he's Bo Dallas has been in wrestling for a long time, right? I mean, like he, I just
2: don't know what they do though. Like, so they're going to wrestle each other? Uh, oh, okay.
0: I think they're trying Why? to sell Why this now? character as it's also Bray Wyatt. Like there's Bray Wyatt wrestling himself and he's always become these two things, but it's really just Bo Dallas pretending to be Bray Wyatt. That's what I think.
2: Wrestling this week for WWE, for me anyway, outside, like I said, at the top of the show, Seth and Austin Theory killed that match. But other than that, like this week, WWE just missed me hard. Do you even
0: have a best of the week? Do you have a worst of the week? My best me of me. the week is a tip of the hat to a very old school wrestling thing. Uh, when you got a big giant backstage, and you go, how do we make him look even more scary and good while well, giving him a little bit of work? Put him in there with three jobbers that nobody's heard of. <laughs> Almost had a fight with three guys that nobody knew the name of. Didn't have entrance music. It was it was amazing. You are the
2: most old school, young at heart wrestling fan <laughs> in that way. On the for face sure, of the planet, a hundred percent, dude. I love you so much. My best of the week, I already discussed. Um, You can pick the the MJF promo or you can pick Rollins in theory because they gave him multiple breaks. My worst of the week was the Mustafa Ali segment backstage with Miz. I, I would love to see. Look, I like the way this kid works. I, I've never really watched him that much. I'm not a big NXT guy. I think his matches look good. I think his work's really clean. I just thought that was the absolute worst way to attempt to get somebody over that I've seen and I don't know how long. Mm. I don't know how you get over as a tough guy wrestler that's going to win when you have a whole segment and the note is you have to look at this guy's balls the whole time. <laughs> like, right? I just don't, how am I going to be like, yeah, that's my guy right there. <laughs> like, I just don't. You can't do it. So that was, my worst, that was my worst of the week. We're hoping that uh, Crown Jewel, everyone gets out of there healthy, happy, and back to make some awesome wrestling for us so that we can have some positive stuff to talk about this week. It's not often that I think AEW outperforms WWE, but I certainly thought they did this week. Jeff, are you recovering from
0: Vegas, or are you going to be working this weekend? I'm working this weekend. I'll be at the Irvine Improv in Orange County all weekend. I've been to that club. That's a big club. Yeah, and it's in the mall. Um, it's in like a big, big shopping main room. center. Yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, they always have top shelf comics in there, and now they got another one named Jeff Dye. Check my man out there. I am officially hiring a realtor to find me a studio, and I'm moving out of my attic. So there are no more trash cans, trash trucks, beeping trucks, crappy internet connections. I'm going to have a professional office that I'm going to work in, dude. We
0: we'll can do, do that together. Are you kidding? Podcast me? It's going to be great together. Yes, please. I'm telling you, dude. I'm sick of these Zoom things because uh, you know. It reminds me of COVID when I lost my mind during COVID. It reminds me of that. I'd much rather come be with you, buddy. Zoom sucks. We'll
2: have an awesome table with microphones on opposite sides. We'll be able to high five each other.
0: We'll be able to eat hot dogs and and look at each other's testicles, just like Mustafa. (laughs) Yeah, I can make bad jokes and then the smile snicker at Alex going like, is he laughing? Is he laughing at my bad joke?
2: (laughs) Well, listen, you guys, we love you. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, We'll see you guys next week, or you'll hear us next week. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Wrestling with Freddy, now Wrestling with Friends. Peace.
0: We're out. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram, Wrestling with Freddy. Twitter is www.freddiepod. Follow us on all the socials so you can submit your questions for the Federation.
2: This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every
5: tap music to your ears. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support. 24-7. 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.
5: Live Nation presents Concert Week